It's the Morgan Evans More or Less Pickleball podcast coming at you in three, two, one, boom. My guest today is a veteran of the game, and at the tender age of 27, she's just reached a milestone. US Open Pro Doubles victory with her partner, Callie Smith. It's been a big year already for the French-Canadian native with plenty of gold to show for it. Please welcome Catherine Parento. Catherine Parento, how are you, sweetie? Hey, Morgan, how are you? I'm very well. Have you recovered? Yes, but I took a few days off after the Open, but yeah, I've recovered. All right, so let's get into the nuts and bolts of it. You have just reached a milestone in your career, the US Open Champs. It's been a long time coming. I feel like you were you were due. For those uh, in the audience who don't know your backstory, can you give us like a little bit of a, a brief cliff notes on how you got started in the game? Yes, so I started five years ago. So I played tennis at Michigan State University. And my head coach there was Moni Jardim who is uh, currently the number one player in the world and the one who got me into uh, pickleball. And the way she got into pickleball is that basically you're only eligible to compete for four years. And it was my fifth year. During the fifth year, I couldn't compete anymore. I was only part of the coaching staff, kind of helping out Simone on the side. And she could tell that I was kind of missing competing. And so she was like, you should try this sport called pickleball. I was like, what is that? So for like a good two or three weeks, I didn't want to try it just as a name. And I don't know. I was just, I didn't really want to try it out. And she kept kind of like bothering me about it. And I said, okay, I'll try it. I'll try it. So I went to try it. Fell in love with the sport. And I soon after I tried it, I got myself a membership at a club. We couldn't play outdoors since it was kind of in the middle of the, the winter. So I had to play indoor. And uh, there were just a few places where I could play. So I got myself a membership and that's kind of how I started playing. Wow, that's amazing. So what was, tell me, what was Simone like as a tennis coach? And is she similar as a pickleball coach? Yes, very similar. She loves to make sure that we always give 100%, you know, when we were on, on the tennis courts, she always wanted us to give 100%. She never wanted us to let the ball bounce more than once on the court. So if we... For example, we're not running for a ball and it bounced twice. Sometimes we had to laps. So she was very intense, but that about her, you know, that's something that kept me going. I love that she just wanted us to go a hundred percent, no matter what, no matter if you feel you had a bad day at school or if you didn't feel so well, a hundred percent, she wanted us to come out there on the tennis court and just kind of forget about what's going on outside in your world, but just focus on your tennis practice. I find it, she's very similar it comes to pickleball because she's been kind of helping me out on the side as well uh, lately we compete against but we do practice a lot together as well and uh, we push each other so yeah it's great that's awesome i think you're either that kind of person or you're not to have that kind of drive to to never give up it's an admirable quality and i think when you think about all the great tennis players that have existed over the years, they all had that same thing. And you know, right now, I guess the epitome would be Rafa Nadal. And that's what I, I, I kind of liken you to him. Are you, are you a Rafa fan or are you a Roger fan? I, I really like Rafa. I think ah, I, I love Roger as well. 
But I think Rafa shows a little bit more emotions and I love that about him. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a battler, there's no doubt about it. So you said you took a couple of days off after the US Open um, and congratulations again. I Thank think you. Uh, I'm sure you've heard that from every man and their dog uh, since it's happened. Has it kind of sunken in? Has your life changed um, Yes, it did. Like, uh, you know, in the first few days after the Open, I was kind of like just so happy and super excited. And I took a few days off to try to just recover and kind of did change a little bit. I think it was a big for sure, a big step into the sport being live for the first time. Mm. So it was just awesome to be part of the kind of a historical moment. And it's been great. But now I'm going to focus for my tournament, which is going to be a Georgia Open, which is coming up oh, next wow. week. So yeah, it's, I have to kind of stop thinking about it, not move on. You know, it's a good, it's for sure, it's great, you know, that happened and everything. But I have to kind of put it in the past and focus on my next journey. That's good. That's a great attitude. Yeah, I think a lot of people can can find a way to win tournaments and perhaps a major, but then backing it up with a, a follow-on performance. That's a little bit difficult. It's I think a lot of people find that very tough to to keep the same level of motivation to get back out there and train as hard as they know they should be to try to make sure it wasn't just a one-and-done situation. So I'm glad you've got a good attitude regarding that. Well played. Thank you. <laughs> Were you surprised at all by how well Callie handled the pressure? I mean, you've, you've kind of been in the limelight for quite some time now and, you know, you're no stranger to the podium. Callie is a bit more, you know, she's newer to the game and everybody, you know, was kind of wondering how she was going to handle the pressure of that kind of moment and it looked like she took it in her stride. Actually, it was not that surprised because she's been kind of like the one telling me in the past few weeks. I'm not sure if you knew, but the first few times we played together, we lost. It was not very close. And then we just knew like the whole from, I would say, beginning of April to like the US Open. She was like, she would text me or even like call me and say, okay, this is our time. It's going to be our time at the Open. She was super motivated and she just hungry she was like she really yeah. wanted it and that's what i really admire her she doesn't really worry about the past she focuses on the present moment and she just goes all out she plays her game no matter what and a very aggressive player she really handled it well under pressure for sure yeah and i think the kind of intensity that she brings to the table helps you a lot i'm sure as well but you know i think it's very difficult for pressure to enter your mind when you're basically just playing an aggressive game from start to finish. You know, it's not like you two didn't dink. You certainly did, but it was certainly a, a powerful showing in terms of hand speed exchanges and how often triggers were pulled and you ended up coming away with the win for many of those exchanges. That's something that it's very risky. I think everyone kind of knows that if you pull the trigger first, mm -hmm. it, it can very well end up being egg on your face. So to be able to do it and win those battles is amazing. Yes. I mean, we both did a good job at kind of not just pulling the trigger, you know, after the second or third dink, but dink a little bit more. So it's not as very obvious what we're going to do to hide it a little bit longer or, you know, try to not show it again, what we're going to do. Otherwise, kind of pull the trigger every two, three balls. And I think that's what we did pretty well as well. It's just kind of like moving the ball down, dinking. And then once we had the opportunity, we would go for it. Whereas other Matches before we played Lucy and Simone, they were able to adjust our game because we were pulling the trigger a little too quickly. 
Okay, so it just took a little extra patience from you to to find a slightly better ball to work with. So most people would say, uh, arguably, Callie has the best uh, hair in the uh, women's game. <laughs> do you have hair envy? I have hair envy of Steve Deacon, obviously. We all do. But uh, <laughs> yes. uh, Callie's amazing. Come on. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. And I always think like if she falls, I don't know if you saw that video once when she played with Martina Cockley in uh, Colorado, Denver, I believe. She's about to fall in the kitchen and uh, Martina pulled her hair back and <laughs> they ended up winning the point. It's something crazy like that. So oh my in my God. head, I'm like, okay, well, if that happens, I know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I haven't seen that, but uh, oh my gosh, that's, so funny. that's why she does it. Now I know. It's a great strategy to stay out of the kitchen. And I think for a lot of people, the million dollar question is, how did you decide on a French bulldog and do they really snore? <laughs> so I grew up with Boston Terriers and Pugs and so kind of like small dogs with not a lot of hair. And I wanted to get a dog, like a different dog, a different breed. I was looking through kind of picture when I was younger and I remember f- loving French Bulldogs, just looking at them and thinking, oh my gosh, they're so cute. And uh, <laughs> when it came the time to, to decide on a, you know, to pick a dog, I was like, for sure, we're a French bulldog. And that's how we, we kind of decided to, to get a, a Frenchie. And uh, they do snore, depending on her, you know, posture, I guess, with her neck, depending on her position, her sleeping position. But yes, we can <laughs> hear her very well at night. So you two just have to snore louder than her and everyone's fine. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now switching back to slightly more pickleball, I'm not sure if everyone really wants to know about the French bulldog. I hope they do um, because they're wonderful animals. But uh, we should probably talk a little about pickleball again. So, you, you know, obviously you've been, you've been knocking on the door uh, of greatness for quite some time, but it's, you haven't broken through until kind of this year where, you know, you and Simone partnered up in Delray and, I feel like that was the first time I'd ever seen, for the first time ever, someone that was playing with Simone kind of get left out. It was the first time that I'd, I saw her getting more attention in the final than the partner. Was that a weird kind of feeling for you? Yes, it was kind of weird, yes. But I think that day when we played in Dari, Simone was not playing her best. That was one of the first times I saw her play uh, not as well. I mean, she knows. We still talk about it. Like uh, even, you know, recently we we spoke about it, about her final was not the best, but we ended up winning. You know, that's what matters. We want a way to, to win, even mm. though we we were not on our game plan A. So yeah, being a little bit more left out with Simone kind of gave me some confidence in a way. Yeah. Like, wow, they, they really protect me or maybe they're a little bit more, uh, a little bit more scared or if I attacks or kind of made me confident thinking that, well, I'm playing with the number one and they're actually keeping the from me. That's a good thing for me. For sure. For so long, people have kind of looked at you and thought, ah, she's like a mini Simone. And in so many ways, you you know, your mannerisms, your your technique on the court, you look so similar and you can tell there's there's influence there. It was only a matter of time before you kind of bridged the gap. Do you think there's still a gap? In between me and Simone? Yeah, it's a tough question. You don't have to answer it. (laughs) No, it's a good question. I think, mm, I know that, you know, her, her game is getting closer for sure. I still think she has more experience than me, you know, mm. for sure, a lot more titles. And uh, so she's for sure, when it when it comes to mental, I think she's still a little stronger than me. Uh, whereas if we talk about physical, 
I think I might get there well, as you're, soon you're as 20, I can. You're 26? Yes. Okay. Yeah. She's 41 or 42. Is that right? Yep. Yep. She's four, oh. 41, turning 42, I believe this number. Yes. Yeah. So we'll, we'll cut her a little slack from the physical side of things. I mean, geez. Yes. And I mean, she's <laughs> doing, she's just, she's fit. She always tells me she feels like she's in the best shape of her life at 41, which is awesome. I do feel I have for sure a slight advantage there. It's just, you know, I, I know how she is and it doesn't matter who she's playing against. She's just going to bring it and she's going to go all out 100%. If I don't have necessarily a very good day, I know that she's not going to feel bad. If she has to, she she can give me any points, freebies for sure. Do you think you and Simone will play again together or is it uh, Callie for, for the foreseeable future? Uh, yes, we actually have two tournaments together coming up this year. We were playing a PPA event together in Vegas, and then we play an APP at Hilton Head. So that's it for this year. For next year, we have a few planned as well. I believe one or two. And maybe we talked a little about 2023. Maybe we, wow. we would be playing more tournaments together for sure. But I'm mostly playing with Callie, yes, next year. Okay. That sounds exciting. Who's uh, who have you got for nationals? I have Jesse, Jesse Irving. Jesse. So, and for mixed? For mixed, I got Steve Deacon. Steve. All right. Oh, are you sure? He's uh, how's his hand? He's doing better. I know he's been working hard. He looks like he's doing good, and he's in good hands. So that's good. Yeah. Well, Steve, if you're listening, then we wish you a swift recovery, mate. Yes. And take care of that hair. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to hold it there just for a quick word from our sponsor, Coach Me Pickleball. Practice makes perfect, right? My name is Morgan Evans, and I have to tell you that practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes progress. That's why we've created Coach Me Pickleball. At Coach Me Pickleball, you'll find an extensive and growing library of lessons on topics covering every aspect of pickleball for every level of player. For one small monthly fee, you'll get access to every video in our library with new content added every month. Check out coachmepickleball.com to sign up for a free seven-day membership. Okay, let's check back in with Catherine. Now, I just wanted to touch briefly on some technical things, just, well, one or two really, that you might be able to shed some light on. You have been a, uh, you've been putting the two-handed backhand to good use for a long time now. Was it something that you always had in your tennis game and it transferred straight over to pickleball or were you flirting with the one-hander? Yes, tennis. I would use two hands on my backhand at all time. And um, just sometimes in practice, I would use just for fun, you know, do one-handers. But yes, mostly I would say when I was competing, for sure, two hands. As soon as I grabbed a pickleball paddle, like my first time I played pickleball, I had a tender. It was just much easier transition. Interesting. So obviously in tennis, you don't, uh, you don't typically play a lot of swinging volleys. Were you someone who did that and used your two-handed backhand in a volley sense in tennis? I actually use only one hand. Very rarely I would use, I would say like a swing volley. Maybe if I was running mm. forward and the ball was a little higher, I would use two hands. Mm. But if I was just kind of hitting volleys or putaways with my volleys, it would be mostly one hand on my back end. And that's kind of traditional. That's what most people do. So I'm curious how easy it is. And this is kind of for, for people out there who are listening that are thinking about two-handed backhands. I personally think more people should be trying to use it. 
the hard part is, you know, so often you are basically using a swinging volley technique with that two-hander versus a punch kind of more uh, traditional technique. What would you kind of recommend for people to try to figure out when and how they should implement a two-handed backhand? I think a two-handed backhand, it gives you more power and more control. So I highly suggest for sure having a two-handed backhand from the baseline. I find it hard to control the ball well and hit power with just a one. And uh, when I'm at the net, I like to punch like a punch volley. But once it's a little bit outside of my left shoulder, that's when I know I can add a second. I to use two hands on my grip to hit a backhand and the ball is coming right into my body. I find it very hard to defend myself. I usually tend to just, you know, let go of one hand and block or counter with a one-hander backhand. Again, if a little bit more to the exterior of my shoulder, my left shoulder, I feel like I have a little bit more time and that's when I'm going to use two hands because I know I have a lot more power and more control when it comes to that. Mm, Certainly. So your typical ready position has both hands on the paddle? Or you yes. bring it in there when it needed? Yes, I do. It's I don't have it completely closed, if you can say like on my paddle, but it's I do bring back my both of my hands. It's touching. All right. Well, it's probably time I should just tell you that uh, this whole podcast ruse was really just a way for me to learn how to hit your two-handed backhand. <laughs> and you've, you've spilled the beans. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's time now for another episode of What Makes Them Great. Catherine is an athlete. I've never seen her cramp. I've never seen her look less than 100%. And that's because that's exactly what she puts in. She leaves it all out on the court. And she has the most admirable of qualities, that never-say-die attitude that makes her a fan favorite wherever she goes. What makes her great, in my opinion, is twofold. You've all heard the expression, better to be lucky than good. Well, she took a little luck, put in the work, and made it a career. The luck I'm talking about, of course, is that she just happened to wind up at Michigan State University, where she played tennis under a coach that would become the greatest of all time, Simone Jardine. Since then, she has surrounded herself with only the best to train with, while her partner and coach, Athena, adds a tactical edge to help defeat any team. To a large extent, our environment and circumstances dictate just what kind of ceiling a player has. That said, there's simply no substitute for hard work. As they say, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Catherine isn't the tallest girl on tour, she doesn't hit the hardest, but she has an X-factor. An intangible quality that is undeniable every time she steps on the court. It's hard to describe, but you'd know it when you see it. Now, I started pickleball at a similar time as Catherine, and I remember always seeing an attitude that tells the world, the only way I know is maximum effort, and if it's not good enough right now, One day it will be. Well, Catherine, your day has come. Congratulations. All right, let's head back to the interview, see if we can't squeeze out a few more words of wisdom. Well, what's next for you? Where are you playing next? The Georgia Open. Um, I'm playing with uh, singles on Thursday. Then Friday I'm playing Riley Newman. Oh, you're playing with Riley? Yes, I'm very excited. Where's Lindsay? Uh, Lindsay is going to be home, I believe. She's staying home to take care of her baby. Ah, that's right. There's babies. Yes. There's babies getting getting in the way of pickleball, <laughs> aren't they? Jeez. Right. God. And then I'm playing with Callie on Saturday. And then it's championship Sunday. Oh, right. So they're doing split times again, like yes. US Open? Yes. 
Yes. Um, oh, cool. They're doing, so it's like a Sunday, yes, championship Sunday. Basically, it starts at 10. It starts with singles and then after uh, gender doubles. And I think it's, they finish it with mix. Not sure of the order, but that's, they go from, uh, I believe it goes from 10 a.m. to still uh, 6 p.m. Great. That's awesome. So you won't have to play a final of a singles until Sunday. That's that's great. Yes, yes. Assuming you get into it. And just so you know, this particular episode will air after the tournament. So I'm going to predict that you you won the singles in three. You and Riley took the, the mixed in two. Well done. Congratulations. <laughs> and uh, and you and Callie, that was a clean sweep. You didn't lose a game. Well played. We'll have to see after the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, there may be a quick edit if, uh, if that doesn't work out. So I need you to really focus on uh, making those those uh, predictions come true, okay? Sounds good. <laughs> okay, now, you, outside of pickleball, when you're not um, grinding on the court, what, what kind of keeps you busy? I have the my Frenchie, the French Bulldog, for sure. <laughs> she keeps me busy. You know, we go on walks and have to make sure I give her some attention. So I'm making her run and stuff. I love to... Just kind of shop a little bit online shopping. or wow. I, I love shopping. Um, I like wow. to, to train. So if I'm not on a pickleball court, I love to run or to do some training sessions on uh, the mirror. I don't know if you've heard of the mirror. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Pretty awesome. It's got some live classes or some uh, recorded classes and you can kind of do like a three minute workout or however long you want it to be. I love it. I love to read as well. Do you teach pickleball as well? Yes. Excellent. Whereabouts do you teach? And how can our esteemed listeners come and get a lesson? So I teach at Collier's Reserve Country Club in Naples. I teach there Monday through Friday. But on Tuesday, I teach at the YMCA, Peak Performance Academy, where Simone teaches. And they can find me online. They can find my schedule online on uh, Peak Academy website. I believe it's under clinics or lessons. And then you, you can see my name and you see the, the times available for every Tuesdays. I'm not going to be doing a lot of private lessons this summer as Athena and I. We're going to be traveling to do some clinics all over the, the country a little bit. So I am oh, nice. looking forward to that. That's going to be fun. They can also always kind of add me on social media and they can always send me a quick little message and ask me if I can come to their location or if they want to book a lesson with me. That's always a possibility as well. Awesome. Great. We got to come to the desert and uh, do a camp with me. That'd be fun. Oh, that would be fun. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. I will I'll put it on the books. Sounds good. All right, sweetie. Thank you so much for all your time and congratulations again on your historic victory. We're all so proud of you. Thank you so much, Morgan. That was a lot of fun. You're very welcome. We'll see you on the court soon and uh, good luck with your definite wins in the uh, Georgia Open. <laughs> Thank you, Morgan. <laughs> all right. Take care, sweetie. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. That's all we've got time for today, folks. Hope you enjoyed our time with the one and only Catherine Parento. As always, this podcast has been powered by Selkirk. And if you haven't checked out Selkirk TV, go ahead and download it. It's available on Roku, Apple TV, Fire Stick things. Those are great. All your tablets, your phones. Yeah, everything. It's everywhere. We may have even broken the internet. It's great. Trust me. All right, stay safe, everybody. I'm Morgan Evans, and this has been More or Less Pickleball. 
I'm always in deep admiration for anyone who goes hiking. 